Let's um, look just a little bit at uh, a scripture. I'm going to give you something to say uh, for those who are guests. Uh, I'm the lead, leader, the lead, elder, the pastor, senior pastor, and uh, we welcome you to Cornerstone on this Resurrection Sunday. And I'm going to give you something to say. I'm going to look in a verse that... um, I'm going to tell you where it is in the Bible. Uh, I'm going to just, I, I will read it to you. It says, And they were afraid and bowed down their faces to earth. And they said to them, and this is the backdrop of this, is speaking of the women who went to the tomb of Jesus uh, and didn't find him. And two men with uh, bright, dazzling uh, array, which we know were angels, told them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. Now, the rest of it depends upon what version you're reading. Uh, Some versions, like I have, will say one thing, but I'm reading out of the King James right now. It says, he is risen. Why are you, you know, why, why are you, why, why are you living? You know, look, searching for the living among the dead. He is risen. He's not here. Now, that's what I'm going to say to you. He is risen. All throughout the message, I'm going to say that. Then over in another part of this same chapter, and I purposely didn't have you turn to it uh, because I didn't, didn't want to disturb the, the scriptures that we're going to be in. In verse 33 of the same chapter, this is talking about uh, the people that was on the road to Emmaus, the two disciples, and how Jesus came among them in the midst, and uh, they didn't recognize him because their eyes were closed, uh, so they couldn't recognize him. Uh, their sight was, you know, work with, and I think that's, that's a miracle, that you can be walking with somebody and God closed your eyes where you can't see, but you can see everything else, but you can't recognize who he is. And it says, and they rose, and this is after he uh, broke bread with them. They found out that he was who he was because he opened their eyes. They left Emmaus and went back to Jerusalem. They were so excited, and they got to the, to the, uh, the, the 11 gathered there with all the other people that were gathered there with them. And he said, the Lord is risen. Indeed, he has appeared to Simon. And they told him all the things that was done on the way. So now what I want you to say is he is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Now, I wanted to do that because I like to do everything scriptural. And um, at one time when people were saying that, I don't know whether one of our retired elders used to said, he is risen. We say he is risen indeed. And I said, now, where, is, where did they get that from? You know? Where did they get that chant for? You know, it's a chant. We, we have these chants in, in, in athletics. but mm, I didn't. So I had to look it up in scripture. And that's why I wanted to read the scripture to you because many of you might be like I was. I just didn't know where it was, so I found out where it was. He is risen. Okay. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. You know? We, we, got, we got to rattle heaven. Okay? Got to rattle heaven now. This is, this is a celebration now. This is not, this is not a funeral. <laughs> this is Resurrection Sunday. See, Resurrection Sunday, okay? Yeah. 
He is risen. Okay, praise God. I like that. Now, that's really, really nice. Now, the, the title of the message is of, of, of first importance. Of first importance. What is of first importance? That's the title of the message, of first importance. And I know you want to know what is of first importance. So we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and that's where we're going to be most of the time. We'll go back and forth just a little bit. I'll start in verse 1. Now, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also stand. Now, that's, that's very important also there because we need to stand on the good news. We need to stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's see what it is. By which you also are saved. Oh, my goodness gracious. If we don't stand on the gospel... That, that's the only place the salvation is, the good news about Jesus Christ. If you hold fast the word which I preach to you unless you believe in vain, for I deliver to you as of first importance what I also receive, that Christ died for our sins. That's of first importance now. According to the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. He is risen. You're doing good. <laughs> that is of first importance. Whoever you talk to, you need to talk to them about the good news, that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried. If a person doesn't die, they don't get buried. And so that, that's to let us know that he really died. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He died. He was in a tomb. But the good news is that he was raised on the third day. Now, sometimes we pass over little words like according to the scriptures. But I say that it's very important for us to glean everything that God has for us. See, sometimes what we do, we don't want to have faith believing that the scriptures are true. We want our experiences to validate what, is, what, what the word says. In other words, if our experiences agree with it, then it must be true. But it's just the opposite. It's true whether our experiences agree with it or not. This word is true. And, and we have to be different from the apostles when they were uh, um, in this time, all the disciples when they were in this time, because they didn't just believe the scriptures. They had to have some experiences based on it. So Jesus gave them some because he appeared to Cephas, he appeared to more than 500 brethren. He appeared to James and then all the apostles. And that's all the one who untimely was born, he says, talking about the apostle Paul, he appeared to him. So he appeared because he knew they wouldn't believe. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We are born again. We don't need experiences to validate this word. All we have to know is, it is, is it written? Is it written? If it's written, then it, it sells it. You know? No more, no more talk about it. 
No debate about it. It's true. Now, we need to stand on those things because I believe that you understand. Uh, let's, I'm going to read a verse here in Romans. Don't turn to it because you don't know where it is. I'm not going to tell you. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. He's talking about Jesus. See, he was delivered over to death and he died for our transgressions, but he rose again for our justifications. If he wouldn't have risen, we would not be justified. Do you understand? We wouldn't be justified. It is important to, to know that today is a celebration day because without today, we all be lost. We'll be lost. And because he rose again, we know that we will rise again. Oh, that's important. <laughs> that's important. I want to also I'll go a little bit about uh, to, to John. Let's look at John chapter 11 because there are two types of resurrection. I, I don't want you to think that um, people not raised from the dead. They were, they were raised from the dead all over the scripture. In the Old Testament, New Testament, people were raised from the dead. Let's look at one in John. Uh, Let's look in chapter 11. And let's look at um, what happened there. We're talking about a a man named Lazarus. That's just one of the men, so we just talk about one of them. Let's start in verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the sister sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, to whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God. So the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now, Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, Lazarus, of course, died. We're going to skip over to verse 20. And now Jesus decided, okay, we're going to go because he has to listen to to the Father. He has to listen to the... Spirit of God. He has to do what he asks him to do, just like we do. Is that correct? Just like we do. Martha, therefore, this is verse 20, when she heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Sound like she has an attitude. <laughs> we won't talk about it, though, but it sounds like she has an attitude. You probably have one. If, if you knew that Jesus was the resurrection, that he could do anything he asked the Father would be done, and then your loved one, your brother, was dying, and you call for the one who can heal him, and he doesn't come. And they know how far it is. They knew where it was. They sent for him. They knew. So they said, what's holding him up? 
Why hasn't he come? Well, see, they didn't understand. Martha, verse 21, then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I wonder how did she say that. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. You know, when I first read that, I was thinking that she's thinking that he's going to raise him from the dead. Because she's, that's what she said. Even now, I know that whatever you ask God, he will give to you. But see, that he, she didn't mean that by what comes after that. What she was saying is that If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And I know that you could have done this thing. You see, because she says, even now I know that whatever you ask, even now, it could have happened then. You could have asked and he would have lived, and now he's dead. She's not a happy camper. I'm going to go out to meet you because I know I don't want to, you know, embarrass you when everybody's around, but I'm going to come out now and talk to you because this is not, just not right, what you did. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Listen to what she says. She knew the scriptures. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Where did she know that from? Had to be the scriptures, hadn't it? Well, let me read to you where she got it from. Now, the time, at the time, Michael, the great prince, who stands God over the sons of your people will arise, and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. Men of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life. She knew from scriptures that He's going to rise again. She knew that. But she didn't know that she was standing in front of the resurrection. <laughs> she didn't know that. Do we know that? When Jesus, you know, Jesus is in us. You know, he's with us. We know the Holy Spirit is in us, but Jesus is with us too. You do believe that, don't you? We know he's at the right hand of the Father, but we know he's with us. We know we are seated with him in heavenly places, but we know we're here in him. Okay, just want to make sure. Listen to what he says in verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. I am. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. That's good news. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? His disciples that walked with him three, three years didn't know it. They didn't know it. She said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. He didn't ask her that. He didn't. She still didn't believe. So Jesus, skip over to verse 38. So Jesus, 
again, being deeply moved, came to the tomb where it was a cave and the stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, remove the stone. Now, if she would have believed him when he said, I am the resurrection, I am the life, then she wouldn't have said these interesting words. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. And you're going to move that stone? That's not in there. Okay. (laughs) And I wonder that she believe what he said, that I am the resurrection, I am the life. Not only am I going to raise him again, but I'm the life. He's going to live. It's not going to be no decayed body and all this kind of thing. Do you know who I am, Martha? She didn't know. Do we know? Do we know? Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they moved the stone. And Jesus, uh, he, he, he said some things to the Father for their sake, not for his sake. 43 says, when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. Now, my goodness gracious. He came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face wrapped was round with a cloth. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Do you know that God can do that with anything that we are concerned with that might be dying? It might be our finances, our checkbook. <laughs> Do you know that? You think, you, y'all don't believe. I, that's Southern talk, y'all. You, you don't believe because you say, well, I know he can raise the dead, but he can't, he can't raise my checkbook. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. All the silver, all the golds are his. And so we, we run around, you know, trying to do things the world's way and try to do things what the enemy tried to get us to do because if we don't do it, we're not going to have any money. Come on. Money is inside of you. Any kind you need. Right? If you're in another country where the dollar bill, you know, is not the, the current currency, it's okay. He understands all that kind of stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and, if, if, and if it's a problem, he'll just give you gold. Diamonds. That, that, that'll trade anywhere, won't it? Yeah. You said you, you don't believe it. You said, well, ha, 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 uh, that's not in Scripture. Well, we're not going to talk about finances today, so I'm not going to share with you. But let me tell you, anything I say, I can back it up in Scripture, okay? Because that's the only, only reason to say anything, is it? Now, there are two types of resurrections, two kinds. Lazarus, and uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about another one. But first, I want to go back uh, to... Verse 25, because that's, that's very important. We'll unfold this just a little bit, just part of it. When Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live, he never dies. 
he was he was telling him, telling telling um, telling Marvin who he is, not who he was, not who what he will be. He said, "I am. I am." Now there are other "I am"s in just John that's really just exciting to me. He said that I am the bread of life. So if you, if you have need of food, he is the bread of life. He's the bread. And see, whatever you have need of with finances, well, what, what are you going to do with the finances? Well, we need food to eat. He's the bread of life. He's the bread of life. We know he can turn stones into people, right? The devil knew he can, he can turn stones into bread. He can, he can do anything he wants to do. Because he's God. He is who he said he is. Another place, he said, I am the light of the world. That was John 8. Another said, I am the gate. Another one says, I am the good shepherd. Another one said, I am the resurrection and life, which we read. Another one said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is risen. I am the true vine, he says. I don't do justice to these I am's. So what I want to do is to have the youth, our, our, uh, they, we call them the JY team, okay, the JY team. We want them to uh, help me a little bit because I'm just not eloquent enough to say what I want to say, and I believe they can say it. I told you they could say it more eloquent than I could say. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Even though Lazarus was raised from the dead, that's a perishable body. A body perishable body. You know, we, we don't want that body back again once we die. We, we, want, we want an imperishable one. Let's look at Luke 24. This is the body we want. Starting in verse 13. Now, two men want to roll to Emmaus and to the disciples. Jesus came along and missing asking them why were they so sad and things, and they explained to them because um, they were hoping. Let's look at it in verse 21. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. happened. So in other words, we thought one thing and something else happened. And then he told us about the third day. It's already the third day. Nothing, nothing going on. We're just, we just going on, going on home. And verse 25, let's look at that. He says to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all 
that the prophets have spoken. Now, what is he saying? He's saying that, why don't you just believe in the scriptures? Why do you have to have evidence? It's written in the prophets. It's written. So beginning with Moses in verse 27 says, and with all the prophets, he explained. So from Moses all the way to, through the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. He's confirming what we already read in John, that we need to believe because of the word of God. That's why we need to believe. And he was about to go on past emails, they thought, and they, they, they asked him to stay there. It's getting late. And when he reclined at the table and he blessed the bread and gave it to them, they, their eyes are open and they recognize this is Lord. So then, that's when um, it says in the scripture that he vanished. He vanished. Verse 31. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. There's many occasions where they were uh, in a room, closed door, he, he appears right in their midst. This body that, that we are going to have is a body that's not, um, let's say, not limited to this time, this place, uh, these walls, to the natural realm. We have a glorified body. That's the body that we want. That's the body that we need to be excited about. And that's what we're celebrating today is that since he rose, that means that we will rise also. Since he lives, we will live. Since he'll never die, we will never die. This body is going to expire. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that's an exciting time. We don't want to rush it. But <laughs> we want to fulfill his purposes. <laughs> but it's an exciting time. Let's go to, uh, back to 1 Corinthians. Let's look there, and let's look at the importance, some more importance of the resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's pick it up in verse 12. The importance of Christ's resurrection. Talk a little bit more about it. Now, if Christ is preached, verse 12, that he has been raised from the dead, he is risen Kind of slow, kind of slow. How do you, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? And he's talking to the Corinthians. And they were not used to, you know, somebody raising the body for them because they figured that, man, this body is, is, we don't want nobody, we don't want this body. This body is, is, is not good, so we don't want to be resurrected. Let us go. So we don't even believe in resurrection. He was telling them that you need to believe in it. Verse 13 said, and if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. If there is no resurrection from the dead, is that true? And if Christ has not been raised, 
then our preaching is in vain. All the things that we've been said is for and things we could say to anybody is in vain if Christ hasn't resurrected. But we know that he is risen. You all believe that, don't you? Yeah, you do. I believe it. Verse 15, moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if, in fact, the dead are not raised. But if the dead are, are, are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ, help, they, they're going to perish. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most pitied. Just think about it. If there is no resurrection, if we can't get excited about the day, we can forget it. We can forget it. What are we going through all this for? Those who live godly in Christ shall suffer persecutions. I don't want to be persecuted if Christ hasn't risen. I don't want to go through all this. Let's let let life be easy. Let's eat. You know, gain weight, drink, you know, have fun, party all night, all day, you know, drop, you know, get up again and do it. Let's, let's have fun because there's no resurrection if you all believe that Christ hasn't risen from the dead. But he has risen, isn't he? Getting weaker, getting weaker. <laughs> and if you read the scriptures you'll know that everyone is going to be raised. Everyone. Whether they believe in Christ, whether they don't, everyone's going to be raised. The ones that's not in Christ, they're going to suffer a second death. And that's in the lake of fire for eternal burning. And those of us who are born again will be raised, but we don't have to face the wrath of God. We don't have to have to face the lake burning, burning fire, brimstone. We don't have to face that. We're going to live with the Lord. We're going to have fun. We're going to praise all day and all night. We don't have no need for the sun, no need for the moon. Because God is going to be our light. That's going to be a, a wonderful time. So I believe in the resurrection. I'm going to celebrate today. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate because I want to be resurrected with my new glorified body. And it's going to be exciting. Don't have aches and pains. You know, no back hurt, you know. No feet hurting, you know. <laughs> and some of you ladies can understand. You sometimes wear shoes and they don't, and they, they feel good in the in the stool. And after we get them home, one while they say, "Oh my goodness gracious, our feet, my feet hurt," you know. Men, most of the time, our feet don't hurt that much. We have 
big shoes. Big shoes. Don't have to worry about those pains. Don't have to worry about our eyesight. Don't have to worry about wearing glasses or contacts. This is a good time. It's a good time. I believe, I, I believe we're not going to have, have to have heat or air conditioning. I don't believe that. I believe that. I believe, I believe God's going to know exactly you know, what to do for us. We, we're going to be cool. I mean, we're going to be nice. We're going to be nice. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, let's look at the Christian hope. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. He is risen. The first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive, but each according to his own order. Christ the first fruit, and after that are those who are Christ's at his coming. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Can the church say, come, Lord Jesus, come? Yeah. With a bride, yeah. Yeah. There's some revelations. Then comes the end. People, there are gonna be, there's going to be an end. When he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that will be abolished is death. For he has put all things in subjection under his feet. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. Verse 30. Why are we also in danger every hour? Our firm brethren, by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If from human motives I fought with wild beasts at Ephesus, and does it profit me? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. See, y'all thought I was unspiritual when I said, let's eat, and, you know, just, you know, we can eat pork. You know, I haven't eaten pork chops in a long time because it's not good for me. But I'll eat pork chops if I'm, if, 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 if no resurrection. I would. Yeah. We're going to close in a few minutes here. Verse 33, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Young people, do you understand that? Middle age, young people, do you understand that? The, the super saints, that's 60 and above for those who don't know, that's 60 and above. The super saints, do you understand that? Bad company corrupts good morals. Become sober-minded as you ought and stop sinning. Because there's a resurrection. And we're going to be judged according to what's done in the body. Now, all of us are going to be judged. Even the, the saints are going to be judged. But not for the wrath of God, not because we're not, we're not in him, but for our rewards. Oh, and I know some of you say, I don't care anything about rewards. All I want to do is go to heaven. Well, then tell your boss, 
I don't care nothing about rewards. I just come to work. I don't need a, I don't need a paycheck. I just come to work. You know? Those of you who play sports and uh, do all the recreational stuff, you know, tell them don't keep score. Don't keep score. Don't keep time. You know, in, in running a marathon, different things. Don't keep time. I just finish when I finish. Doesn't matter. You know. Yeah. All the sports events. Don't even put a clock out there. We're going to just play. There must be rewards. There are rewards. We're going to be casting our crowns down before him. But there, there are rewards. And so he says, since you know that there's rewards, then why don't you stop sinning? More implications of the resurrection of Christ. Now, I would like to close in one way, but I just couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't memorize and get, get that sound that I needed to end like I wanted. So I'm going to play uh, something for you. I want you to watch the screen, and they can do it better than I can. And then I come back, and we'll, I'll put, put a little close, a little period, a dot on the end of it. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. 
His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. Yes, he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah! That's my king. That's my king. Praise God. Mm. Woo, my goodness gracious. I, I, I was, I said, Minerva, you know, think I can do this thing? I, I, you know, I, can. I won't even try. I won't even try. The Christian's victory, verse 21. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all, all, it says, be changed. All. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the same that is written, O death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? There is no sting. Of death for the sinner, uh, for the saint. None whatsoever. It's only for the, for the sinner because it says the sting of death is sin. It says thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Now, today we close this service out. Uh, may I have the, the prayer team come up, please? By this invitation. This is an invitation that tells us that this is a celebration for everyone who is in him. And if you're not sure that you're in him, you need to be sure today before you leave here. You might have been like I was. I came to this church over 25 years ago and I had already gone up to join church and got baptized in, in the river back then and I thought I was okay but I, I, I didn't serve Christ didn't even know how to it was just an event that happened 
Didn't have a personal relationship with him. Until I came to this church and found out that there is a heaven and a hell. And I said, even though I like heat, there's no way that I want to burn. So I wanted to find out how can I, how can I live forever for Christ Jesus? And I found out and I gave my life to Christ. I call it, I gave my life to Christ. I got baptized again because I wanted to make sure that whatever I did then, if I, didn't, if I were, was not living for Christ, if I didn't even know what, what I was doing, I was just doing something just because somebody else went up, I went up and all those type of things, I was going to make sure because you cannot leave this earth, this earth, unsure. You can't leave it. Do you realize the consequences of leaving here unsure? We're talking about eternity. We're talking about, you know, one piece of sand in the universe we're going to live forever, either with him or in the lake of fire. And we'll be burning forever. But forever is for everyone. If you need to rededicate your life, this is a time to rededicate your life on Resurrection Sunday. If you haven't been living for him, you need to stop sinning and live for him. That's all of us. We need to have that personal relationship with him. We're not talking about a, a, a just a distant God somewhere. We're talking about our Lord and Savior. Who, if he did all those things for the disciples and the apostles then, giving them evidences of, of I'm alive. He could have said, look, if you didn't get it then, you're not going to get it now. Forget you. He loves us. And he wants to show himself strong in our behalf. He died for us. Now's the time to rededicate your life. Let's stay. If you fit one of those categories, you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ or you want to dedicate your life to Jesus Christ, just raise your hand and put it back down and I'll see it and we'll pray for you. Anybody? Anybody? God is a God of love. God is love. He loves you. He loves you. And those of us who are part of his body love each other. That's how they know that we are from him because we love one another. Those who raise your hand, I want you to come out and I want you to come to these, some of these here. And, and we're going to deal with this today. Today. And believe me, it's not a time for embarrassment. It's a time for celebration. The angels in heaven celebrate when one lost sheep is found. Don't be shy. Just come. Come. Don't be shy. Just come.
Nobody else. Just come. Just come. Praise God. Saints says they are leading them in the prayer of salvation, of uh, rededication. Then um, I want you to just stretch out your hands, just pray with them. They'll be up here to pray for any need you may have or if you want to stand in for a loved one for anything they want to pray with you we care about you if on the message that I've been speaking on about the resurrection of Jesus Christ the celebration of the Lord if you haven't been thankful and excited when you get up in the mornings, when you go to bed at night, when you're walking and working during the day, then you might want to think and go to God and say, God, I have not been thankful because you died that I may have life. You are the resurrection and the life. I'm not walking around with death on my mind. I'm not walking around. I don't have any reason to be sad. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what state I'm in. I don't care what they do on my job. I don't care what the state of the economy is. I don't care what the, the government does. I don't care what politics, I don't care how it goes. God, you're in control. I'm going to rejoice. We need to be people that when we go out into the world, people see that we're excited about life because there's enough things in this life to be sad about. service and I want uh, kind of we're going to celebrate and have fun out in the lobby so that they can finish their praying for the people.